Welcome to Navigating the Modern World, a place to gain skills or new ways of thinking, coping, or approaching the areas of life that you may feel stuck, stagnant, fearful, or challenged. Oh, swing low, sweet chariot, coming forth to carry me home. Um, welcome to episode 12 of Navigating the Modern World. My name is Kimberly Johnson. I am a mindset shifter, a peace warrior, and a sex advocate. I do life coaching and sex coaching in Denver, Colorado. I am um, quite excited to do this episode. So much has happened in the last week. It's kind of wild just how life happens. Um, My grandmother used to say, Life happens in seconds and inches. So life can literally change with an inch of something being different or a second of something being different. And this week has felt very much like that. Um, I started the podcast with me singing um, Sweet Chariot or Swing Low. I'm not even actually sure the the name of that song, Um, but that is beside the point. Um, somebody that's listening probably knows the name of it. Um, it's, it was one of my grandfather's, uh, favorite songs and is one of my grandfather's favorite songs. My grandfather went in for stomach surgery on Tuesday and then knowing the risk of the surgery, uh, he went to surgery anyway, and he has been on life support ever since. So they actually are removing him from life support right now. And there's been a lot of confusion about whether he will live or die. Um, Doctors have been preparing my family for his death while also keeping my family hopeful. So it feels quite confusing. But as we speak, they are removing the ventilator. And so more will be revealed. But this week has been quite intense. Um, It's been many years since I lost a family member that I was really close to. Um, I lost an uncle a few years ago from Lou Gehrig's disease, and I really, really loved that uncle, yet I was not super close with him. And my grandfather and my grandmother are people that I have consciously tried to create relationship with in the last few years since my divorce. So this feels like quite a close relationship that... Um, you know, is in transition, whether the transition is just my grandfather's health deteriorating a little bit more or um, unless or he passes on to the next realm. So um, but I sang that song because a lot has been going on in the realm of emotion. And um, something that I do when life seems overwhelming or out of my control is I binge eat. I, um, and it's kind of like this, like almost this like 
thing that kind of happens. It's like somebody flips a switch and I just go into like, I just start eating everything. And, um, and that happened a few days ago. It, it was kind of in the height of everything going on. And, um, and I just was eating everything and I didn't care. And, and, um, it sent me into a depression and the depression was, it was my grandfather, the state of my grandfather's health at the moment. And it was also that I was just completely being out of control with my eating. And it was that I was feeling so alone and I was feeling like I didn't really know what to do. And so I just was eating, right? I was just eating around it. And, and as I was sitting, I was noticing like, what is actually going on? And the truth is, is that comforting myself is quite difficult for me. And I think it's quite difficult for most humans, especially in Western culture. I'm not sure that we are taught how to comfort ourselves. So, so all this is going on. And then last night I go to my Buddhist Sangha for meditation and the conversation that we were having was after the meditation sit was about not self anatta, which is the idea that if you get quiet enough and you listen and you notice um, the mind and you notice what it is to be alive as a human being, that you will notice that there actually becomes a point when you can see every single aspect of the brain creating the self. And so when the brain is creating the self, when you practice meditation or you do uh, these Buddhist practices, then what happens is as you become aware of the creation of self, you notice also that there are moments of not self. So that's kind of, um, that's not really what I want to talk about tonight, but that's kind of the basis of what the conversation started with. And what he ended up starting to talk about was craving. And he gave this example of eating food, like craving something and eating food. And I wanted to share what he said because I found it absolutely um, just so enlightening for myself. So he was talking about when you crave something. So let's say you're at the grocery store and you are um, walking down the aisle and, um, and let's say you just got back from a week long retreat and you were in meditation retreat or yoga retreat and you just feel like on top of the world and you've been eating super healthy. And so you're at the grocery store and you're like, I'm going to continue eating like I was eating on retreat. And I know I'm going to feel amazing. And um, he was talking about, so you're, you're in this state of mind of almost like bliss, euphoria off of retreat. And you're at the grocery store and you see ice cream and you're like, Ooh, you know, I just did this retreat. I should really like treat myself amazing. Like do the self care. And the best thing I could do for myself right now is just to like get one tiny pint of ice cream and I'll eat half a cup and it'll be amazing. And and you start remembering all of the past moments when you enjoyed ice cream, and and uh, so you put the you put the container in the cart, and then he's talking about so he's talking about that that moment that you have craving, that something happens, and what happens is your judgment becomes clouded. So something that Buddhism teaches is that craving. Um, is one of the main causes of suffering. 
And right now I'm talking about craving of food, but there's craving of attention. There's craving of um, substance. There's craving of you know, like the, like people, like we can crave people or we can crave sex or we can crave, um, you know, all of these things. You can crave a bunch of things. You don't just, you know, you don't just crave food. Um, but he was saying, so the moment that you begin craving that it clouds your judgment and to crave something, Literally, you just start remembering all of the good, all of the good from that craving. So if you're craving ice cream, then you just remember all the times that ice cream tasted so good. Or if you're craving um, male attention or female attention, then if somebody gives it to you, it doesn't matter if the person is right for you or not. You just, in that craving, all of the other things, all of the, the parts that maybe don't align with you or don't align with your path here become clouded and you can just like feel that craving. And you can remember all of the times when somebody showed you attention and it felt so good and that's what you want. And really, really underneath what's going on is just you want to be comforted. You want to know that you're okay. So in the moment of craving, what you can do. So craving is like, they, there's this thing in Buddhism, it's called, it's called the two arrows. And the first arrow is the craving in general. It's the craving. It's the moment that your that your judgment becomes clouded, that you are craving something. And craving is almost irrational. It's like you just want it. You want it right then. You want it now. You like and and you believe that if you get it, you will feel better. And you might for like a very short time and then something else happens, which I'll talk about in a second. So, so you, you're craving and all of a sudden your judgment is clouded. And the second your judgment is clouded or your, the whole, the whole of the situation is clouded. You're literally, that's the first arrow. So the first arrow strikes when you have a craving because you no longer are in reality. To be in reality is to see and know all sides. To know the, you know, that you eat ice cream sometimes and, um, and it tastes really good. And then afterwards you might be remorseful or you might judge yourself or you might begin feeling like, oh my gosh, you know, why did I do that? Resentment, you know, same with a person, um, to have, to be in reality is to be like, you know what? I do really enjoy human touch and I do really enjoy, um, human connection. And, I don't need to sleep with this person in order to get that, or I don't need to indulge this person just because they're giving me intention when I know they're not right for me. Like to be in reality is to know all sides, to be craving and in the, in the trance of craving is to literally stop seeing reality, stop seeing all sides. And that's the first arrow clouded judgment. And then what happens is, um, you have an opportunity to bring awareness And if you bring awareness, all that awareness could be, it's quite simple, is for you to simply make an observation of your, of your cravings. So to say like, I am craving this and I understand that my judgment is completely clouded because that is what craving does. And that's it. And by stating that, something in the awareness begins to shift the way that you can relate to whatever that thing is. 
So your relationship to whatever you're craving, whether it's a human, whether it's um, drama, whether it's food, it literally begins to shift your relationship because of the heightened awareness, because of speaking truth in the moment of craving, like when you have the awareness that you're craving something and you speak truth, all the clouds begin to dissipate and you can begin to live in reality again. But if you choose not to, so what happens if you don't bring awareness to craving is then the second arrow strikes. So the first arrow is the actual craving. And the second arrow is when you indulge in your craving. And what happens, so this is the this is the self that's created in each moment. So in the moment, let's go back to the story of you just got back from retreat. In that moment, you're this empowered person that went on retreat and you feel so great. And all of the things, all of the circumstances of your life and all of these stories have created that sort of identity, that sort of self in that moment from your past. So, right, you just got back from a treat. So you feel this empowerment, you feel this awakened being. And then you in, you have the craving of ice cream, you indulge in the craving. You go home, you eat the entire thing of ice cream because you're like, man, that tastes so good. And you just keep eating and you keep eating and you eat the whole thing. And then in that moment, you're a person that just ate, you know, a pint of ice cream and your stomach's really full. And you're on a sugar high because you even haven't eaten sugar in a week. And then all of a sudden, because of your past just now, so a past is just the second before, from your past, you create this new version of self, which is the second arrow after the indulgence, which is the remorseful self. The self that is now full-blown suffering. And we do this in so many things in our life. And what he was speaking to, the way to begin playing with craving and the the way to begin playing with awareness and transforming this realm of suffering is first awareness. So to state, I am craving something and label what you're craving. I'm craving ice cream. I'm craving um, human touch. I'm craving whatever and become aware of it. And say, like, I understand right now that my my judgment is clouded. And then sitting in that uncomfort, sitting in the craving without taking action, just sitting with it. And then offering yourself self-compassion for having a craving, for, for wanting something that may not be in your best interest, for wanting something that may not lead to the empowered self that you really desire for yourself. And it was talking about the, you know, the last thing I want to say is he was talking about where action comes from. There, there are two different places that action can come from. Action can stem from fear. It can stem from resentment. It can stem from all of these places, or it could stem from compassion. It could stem from awareness. It could stem from, and where you like actually act will then create your future. So there's a quote in Buddhism and it says, um, our actions create our future and our actions are the actual legacy of our karma. And I might be saying that quote somewhat wrong, but it's the just, it's like how you act in this moment does create your future self. So if you, if you indulge in the cravings of this moment, then you are potentially creating a self that will suffer. Whereas if you can just bring awareness to what's actually going on, which is just that you're craving something and that your judgment is clouded 
And that's okay. That's part of being human. You can offer and extend yourself compassion and love and understanding. And then sit with it. And inside of that, something begins to shift where you don't have to indulge. Or if you do, you're indulging in awareness. And then something else begins to happen in that indulgence where the indulgence isn't just um, autopilot or numbing anymore. It becomes this like where you actually are going to start processing your life and why you're choosing to do the things you're choosing to do. So as I end the podcast, I just want to make an offering for you to create a craving observation list where you carry around a small notebook and you simply observe your cravings. And every time you have a craving, you simply state what the craving is. I am craving blank. And then you simply say afterwards, and I understand that it's clouded my judgment. That's it. I am craving blank. And I understand that it, this craving is clouding my judgment. And I want to just see what happens. I'm, I'm currently doing it myself and I um, did it a few times today and it actually was super helpful. What I found today is when I was doing it, I would recognize the craving, say it, and then it would go away and I would forget I was even craving it. So, um, so if you're going to try it, please try it and then share with me what comes up. Um, you guys are amazing. My prayer is honestly just inner peace for all beings. My prayer is that my grandmother can be at peace and my grandfather can be at peace. That my grandfather finds peace whether he continues living on this plane of existence or he finds peace in his transition. If you're interested in learning more about my work, you can find me at KimberlyCoaching.com or my blog OneYearAlone.com. And I just am so grateful for all of you. Thank you for listening to Navigating the Modern World. And until next time.